Texas. Sexy. Baby got. Oh, it's back. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Big 12. I am Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day, including today's special emergency podcast. I've got a good feeling these Sunday episodes are going to have to keep coming out because there's so many storylines every Saturday. And last week we were upset. I came to you and I was like, oh, the Big 12 had a bad weekend. And this weekend... Things were much better on the whole, right? There were a couple of weird things, like weird, weird storylines, right? From Texas Tech losing again, they're 0-2. Baylor 0-2. Art Bryles back in the Big 12 on the sidelines in Oklahoma with Jeff Levy. But the big one, the biggest, the weirdest storyline coming out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, is the University of Texas back. You know, I said on this podcast all last week, I said, Alabama's going to lose to Texas. They won't cover. They're going to lose outright. I took the Texas money line at FanDuel. I did. I've said it on multiple shows. I was riding Texas all the way to the bank, and of course, it cashed. But they didn't do it the way that I thought that they would do it. And I want to make a clear distinction, too, before I jump into all this. People are out there like, oh, you crap all over Texas. Duh. Yeah, I mean, they left our conference. You know, that's kind of what I'm supposed to do, right? I'm the host of Locked On Big 12, and very soon they won't be a member of the Big 12 anymore. So I'm sitting in a spot right now where it's like, all right, I don't have to blow hot air up your skirt when it comes to Texas. At the same time, when they beat Alabama, when this team has struggled so much in the Big 12 the last 15 years goes and beats Alabama, this this team in the Big 12 that keeps losing to all these lowly Big 12 teams, they can't seem to beat Kansas on multiple occasions, goes and beats Alabama. Your best bet, I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to fly that Big 12 flag with Steve Sarkeesian, who had a Big 12 patch on his shoulder. Now, it didn't happen the way I thought it would. I, I said, I don't know if Texas, if Quinn Ewers is going to be the reason that Texas wins this game. I thought it would be Xavier Worthy with 125 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Worthy did have five receptions, 75 yards, and a score. Instead, Jatavion Sanders, 114 receiving yards. A.D. Mitchell, he was the key guy. Three receptions, 78 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. The Georgia transfer. And then Quinn, Quintuple, Bartholomew, Ewers, the fourth. 24 of 38. It's not great, right? Like 24 of 38. Uh, tell me more. 349 yards and three touchdowns en route to a win against Alabama. And I think the most impressive part here is the Texas defense. They put Jalen Milrow in a blender. This is supposed to be this old big, bad Alabama quarterback, and the last four Alabama quarterbacks are current starters in the NFL. So this guy's going to be really good. He's got to be really good. He's going to tear Texas apart. Jonathan Davis, the host of Locked On Longhorns, told me last week, he said, Milrow's going to come out there, and he's going to dominate. He's going to dominate because of what he can do with his legs. You know what he didn't do? Dominate. Texas got a win in this ball game, holding Milrow to 44 yards rushing on 15 carries because he was sacked a few times too. This Texas pass rush is legit. Now, now I, I don't, I don't think this Texas team goes undefeated. I don't think they go 12 and 0. There is still a realm, and they call me crazy. There is still a realm in which Texas does not make the Big 12 championship game. 
I had the same conversation with Jonathan Davis. He's the host of Locked On Longhorns. And he said, yeah, you know, th- there's a way that Texas beats Alabama and still doesn't go undefeated. There's a way Texas beats Alabama and still at the end of the year does not meet expectation. Now, I'll tell you right now, I'd be stupid. I'd be an idiot to come on here and tell you that anybody else but Texas is the best team in the Big 12. It is squarely the Longhorns. They are the absolute best team in the Big 12. They have the best roster. They have the the most goods. They have the biggest brand. Nobody should sniff Texas jockstrap this year. But guess what? That happens every year. Happens every year. You know, that always feels like the first couple weeks, the preseason, especially you're real high on Texas. You think, oh, this Texas team's going to be good this year. And then maybe, maybe they get that one big win. Maybe they don't. This year they did. I still don't know if it puts Texas in, in the they put some in the driver's seat. I'll give them that much. But does it mean Texas is going to completely win? They're going to win the Big 12 outright. I don't think so. I'm pumping the brakes on that one a little bit. Huge win against Alabama. Huge win against Alabama. But what does this mean for Texas going forward? Well, one, yeah, you're the king of the Big 12. You win right now. Right now, you get to be the king of the Big 12. Congratulations. There are a couple other teams that have disappointed, a la the Texas Tech. Baylor, obviously. Texas, you shocked the world, beat Alabama on the road, live in this moment. Quinn Ewers, congratulations. Great. The cigar picture after the game. You guys deserve this. So you get to be the top dogs right now. We're going to wear you. We're going to be like, all right, Big 12, sweet. You know, it, it makes the Big 12 look good because this team that's been a, uh, a middle-of-the-pack squad for 15 years now just beat Alabama on the road. That, that's great. Bodes well for us, right? Then there, there's the flip side of this. Of I still, Texas, I still don't trust that you can win the Big 12. Not, not because of the athletes, not because of the, the coaching even. I think Sark, what a beautiful game plan against Alabama. And again, beautifully well executed defensively to put Jalen Milrow in an absolute uh, blender so consistently. But, but th- then there's the idea of like a, a Kansas State. I was like, oh yeah, you know, Texas should beat Kansas State. That's just, that's fine. Or a really bad Baylor team. Like, yeah, Baylor's bad. Texas is going to be Baylor. But that is where Texas has slipped up the last couple of years. It, it's less, it feels like less of the big game. Like last year against Oklahoma, Texas dominated, just dominated, blew it out of the water. But then they come out against uh, at Oklahoma State and they crap themselves late because Quinn Ewers was just incompetent. I am worried for Texas that that will happen again somewhere along the way here. Should it? No. Did Saturday prove that this Texas is this Texas team's turned a new page, a new leaf, that they should be good and win the whole league, and nobody comes within fourteen points of them? Absolutely, that's what you proved. Will it actually happen? My jury is still out because I do. I have te- I had Texas beating Alabama, but past that, I just didn't know. You know what I did know? There were some major, major winners on Saturday in the Big Twelve. Uh, but I'm always a winner because I love Athletic Brewing Company. Here on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Athletic Brewing Company is non-alcoholic brews, non-alcoholic beers. This is uh, this is a great way to share that brew with some buds and not get too tipsy. Now, time for a game changer of the week. This is brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. This is where I bring you the game-changing performance of the week. And, of course, it was Quinn Ewers. 350 yards passing. He added four, what, four total touchdowns. He was that guy 
against Alabama. Now, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the game when it comes to non-alcoholic beers. They have non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. So right now, the go 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 wherever you get your beers. They've got them. They probably got Athletic Brewing Company. 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beers, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. They are fit for all times. Like watching, watching a big game, your kid's game, tackling work, or even working out, and you don't get a hangover. So right now, Athletic Brewing Company, I will give you 15% off your first online order. That's right. Athleticbrewing.com. Athleticbrewing.com. 15% off. Code locked on. Use code locked on. 15% off athletic, athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. The winners of the weekend of the Big 12. Let me tell you what. We're going to get to the losers later. The Houstons of the world, the Texas Techs, the Baylors. But these winners, the UCF Knights. I was blown away with John Rice Plumley. Now, I, I know his stat line is not unbelievable, and the kid's probably hurt. And Does he have a concussion? Does he have a knee injury? What's going on with J, JRP? I, 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 I'm hoping... He's okay. I'm hoping he's ready for a big showdown against Baylor here in a few weeks. I hope that he's back and ready uh, when conference play kicks back up in a couple weeks again after this this Villanova game for UCF. I was wholly impressed with what he did for UCF in just being that dog. He put the team on his back when it mattered the most. He carried them down the field, and he made it work. His two interceptions were fluky, tip ball drill. What are you going to do? But my new favorite UCF player, it was John Rice Plumley. my new favorite UCF player, Colton Boomer, remember the name, four for four field goals, two of which were over 50 yards, one of which was a 55-yard knock, and another was a 40-yard game winner. UCF, the first team in like a millennia to beat Boise State in Boise State's home opener. They are now 0-2, UCF now 2-0, and and this sneaky team that can make some noise in the Big 12 this season seems even sneakier. We are really squarely talking about UCF upsetting some folks and being a dangerous squad in the Big 12. UCF, you are my first winner of the week. My second winner of this week. Do I get to, well, I, I won't give credit to Utah, but you'd be up there, Utah. It's Cincinnati. Cincinnati going on the road against Pittsburgh is a game where everybody had to kind of count it out. It's like, ah, you know, Pitt's been good the last couple of years. They've had some pretty good quarterbacks. What are the odds that Cincinnati under Scott Satterfield can walk in and win? How about walk in and dominate? 27 to 7. So, so we've been talking about UCF and BYU and 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 who who else of the of the four and then the other Pac-12 schools can come in and make noise. We've overlooked Cincinnati and Cincinnati proved that was a mistake. Now, not a lot of people were very high on Emory Jones coming into this season, 18 for 26, 125 yards. That is a that's efficient enough, right? Efficient enough and it's simple. Scott Satterfield, they're not going to expand, going to really make this uh, a complex playbook for Emory Jones. You don't need to. A couple of touchdowns, interception as well. You just tell, you say, hey, Emory, we're going to make it real simple for you. You go out, you execute. What did he do? He did plenty enough for Cincinnati to win against Pittsburgh on the road. Emory Jones, I was impressed. I've been impressed the last two weeks with how he has controlled the game. Reminds me, and not even like stylistically, but just remember, okay, A.G. McCarron, Alabama had that weird stint of like five years where the quarterback wasn't that good. He was just like a fit, fit the role guy. Just you go out there and you do the thing that we ask you to do and we win ball games. That's how I see Emory Jones. 
and that's not a slight to the kid. It's not a slight to the kid at all. But 18 completions for only 125 yards, 4.8 yards per completion. It shows, and I, and I watched the majority of the highlights as well, that this is – I had like the five different games on. Uh, this was one of them. Showed that they, they really tried to simplify things for Jones, and it worked out well, and they leaned on the running game. Corey Kiner, unbelievable. 20 carries, 153 yards, and a touchdown. He was one of my players of the week this week. Big winner, Cincinnati. Also up in the winner category, Ken Slovis. Mm. Now, BYU, we got to talk about your run game. Or lack thereof. Look, when you get into the Power Five, and I think BYU understands this to an extent, but when you get to the Power Five, you're playing cupcakes. Baylor didn't give you a good example. You've got to put it on them in every category. There can't be like a, wow, you know, Keaton Slovis comes out, throws four touchdowns, one interception. This is really good, a really good sign. 350 yards, Keaton Slovis, he's going to be that guy, adds a touchdown on the ground, five total TDs, let's go. 23 carries, 46 yards against the Cupcake Southern Utah. We just, guys, we just can't have that. I wasn't I wasn't unimpressed with BYU's offense, but it felt like, Different from Cincinnati, where Cincinnati's like Emory Jones is the guy that facilitates. He helps the he helps everything click. Keaton Slovis was what was not the facilitator. He was the tater. He, he was the guy that does it all. Like if it's gonna happen with BYU's offense, it's gotta run through Keaton Slovis. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. If he can rise to the occasion and put up more than 14 points against Cupcake, which he proved this week he can do, he's a winner this week. Keaton Slovis, you're a winner. Oklahoma. You're a winner on the field. Um, that was a weird, funky SMU game. A ton of plays, like 150 plays combined, and nobody really wanted to score. SMU turned it over a couple times. Otherwise, they would have been in it. You won the game. Not a lot of, not, not a lot of moral victories to take away. It was ugly. You should have beaten SMU. You, you covered, but it should have been worse than the 28-11 score. Defense was good, which we've been asking Oklahoma to have a better defense. So I will give you that. The Art Bryles thing. Art Bryles, uh, who I, you know, I've been close to the to the Baylor situation, the scandal from 2016, sexual assault, uh, the, the cover up. I mean, it was a cover up, and he knew a lot of things that were not reported. And frankly, I, I don't think he belongs on the sidelines uh, of any college or on campus at any college. Um, and and I, I will stand by that. So I, I, I get that he is Jeff Lebby's kin, right? He's family. Everybody's got a family. Uh, liking it to this, I tweeted this out. It is if it is if Benito Mussolini is your uncle. You love him, Uncle Benito. You love him because he's your uncle. So you hang out with him at Thanksgiving. You're like, ah, well, you know, did some really terrible stuff. And um, along with that, it's like, yeah, probably wouldn't bring Uncle Benito out in public. Wouldn't bring him to the old UN meeting with me as my plus one. Go to Thanksgiving with Art Bryles. He's your father-in-law. That yes. Bringing him into the Oklahoma sideline with Oklahoma gear on. Jeff Levy, that is a no. Uh, how much longer will Jeff Levy be in Oklahoma? I don't know, but even Oklahoma fans are saying fire him now. Pretty interesting. Another one at K-State. Um, only saw the highlights of this game. Didn't want to be invested. Was surprised the line was where it was. Like, what, 15? I took it on FanDuel and I hit. Thank you for covering. It was sloppy at first. You you finally you caught up at the end. That one-handed catch was nuts. K-State, you got it done. Good teams win. Great teams covered. You're a good team, and you're a great team this week. I still think Kansas State is a legitimate pick to win the conference, to win the Big 12 conference 
this season and go back to back right here on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is your team and it is every day. Oh, wow. I went to FanDuel and I put like $500 on assorted stuff this weekend and I made like 17 bucks. And that is 17 more dollars than I had. FanDuel is where I go to make money. It's like passive income on a Saturday. And right now, all new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. All customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So what you just learned, new customer, $5 gets you $200 in bonus bets. $5 for return customers gets you $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube TV and YouTube. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com, FanDuel.com, forward slash Lockdown College. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Our losers this week, we're going to start in Waco, the Baylor Bears, Baylor and Utah. Uh, our three losers in total, Baylor, Texas Tech, and Houston. Baylor, you need some milk. Dave Aranda is squarely on the hot seat. I would say it's Dave Aranda, Dana Holgerson, and Neil Brown, who are all three right there on the hot seat. I don't know if anybody else is there with them. They're pretty much alone on their own island. And Dana Holgerson is a new addition to that island after a tough loss this week. Baylor is leading Utah late. Uh, It's a two-score game. You're around that fourth-quarter situation. You let Utah go on an eight-minute drive on offense and – and then you you can't do anything on offense. You're handicapped. You have a backup quarterback. So do they. This was an ugly, ugly football game. All the credit in the world to Utah, too, for pulling this game out in the end. I heard a Utah player. Uh, I got to talk to Dave after the, after the, the game was over. Um, and a couple of the players for Baylor, t- a couple of the Utah players, said it's the hottest game they've ever, pl- ever played at, 131 degrees on the field. And, and Utah found a way to get it done in the end in a really sloppy game. Nate Johnson should have been the quarterback all the way through. For Baylor, your defense was great. Matt Jones was really good. Your offense was terrible uh, in the second half. Where When you needed it, when you needed a, hey, we're going to have to go score here, uh, bad, really, really bad. So Dominic Richardson banged up, apparently saw your Robertson, the backup quarterback, was also hurt. I don't think that replaces the fact that Baylor played not to lose. The crowd sucked. Oh, so bad. There were more. You almost... Take out the student section. That's a gimme. Almost more Utah fans than Baylor fans. And they were much louder than Baylor fans, without a doubt. Also, Baylor does this weird thing where they have the PA guy say, all right, Baylor fans, let's cheer. That's not good. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. It's not good. Because if your PA guy is like, hey, everybody, it's time to clap. Did they do that? Alabama or Texas A&M or even Kansas State? Hmm. No, I've been to a TCU game. They don't do it at TCU. They don't ask the fans to cheer. Fans just cheer on their own. Not at Baylor. They didn't even show up to the game. I don't know, man. Something, something's got to give in Waco. Dave Aranda squarely on the hot seat. The offensive line was bad again. Ten false starts the first two games. Ten false starts. You have a whole guy, a whole man, who's getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to coach the offensive line. What have you been doing for the past eight months? How do you jump off sides 10 times? Baylor, you're a loser this week. A big, big, terrible loser. 0-2 now. Texas Tech, you are one of this week's losers. Obviously, you lost the game. I am proud of the effort. 
the problem with Texas Tech, and I'm not even, I'm not mad. I still think Tyler Shuck, I, I keep going back and forth. Do you, do you agree with this? Help me out with this assessment. I watch Tyler Shuck play, and I think every like third pass, I'm like, oh, wow, this guy's the second coming. He is going to win the Heisman. He is the future of college football. And then the next pass, I'm like, oh, Tyler Shuck, what are we doing there, buddy? Like three touchdowns, three interceptions, and I won't say all the interceptions were his fault, but when you look at 24 of 40, that's not good. That's not good. Now, he can run the damn ball. That's what I love about Baron Morton. Baron Morton has that kind of edginess to him. I, so I like that Tyler Shuck was wily, wily against Oregon, and he showed a lot of grit. Then again, and this has been a problem with Texas Tech last year and into this year, turnover-prone quarterbacks. I mean, I saw it with Texas Tech and Baylor. That, that When Texas Tech loses a game, that's usually what it is. It's like, oh, what a stupid, you know, what a stupid amount of turnovers this team had when Joey McGuire wants to do the whole take three thing. Bo Nix. 32 of 44, 359 yards and two touchdowns. That's just what Bo Nix does. I thought the Tech rush defense was solid. I mean, I, I watched this game start to finish because I had so much money on it for on FanDuel. And, and overall, Tyler Shuck, I just don't know, man. He turns the ball over, and I, I guess Baron Morton probably would too. What do you do? The, the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy in town. This team fought hard. You're playing the number 13 team in the country, and you had him on the ropes. You had him on the ropes, and there's that pick six. And I just, it's not the fact that Texas Tech lost, right? I hope you resonate with this. It's not the fact that Texas Tech lost that I'm upset with. I'm not like, oh, Texas Tech lost the number 12 team in the country. This is terrible. The season's over. You're 0-2. No, it's more the way Texas Tech lost. Because there was a, a, a point squarely in like the third quarter where you're thinking, wow, Texas Tech is not only going to win this game, they could feasibly win this game going away. They could put away Oregon at home and make a huge statement after a loss to Wyoming. Baylor's kind of this category too. Bad loss, bad, bad loss. Wyoming's not terrible, right? This it wasn't a, a Texas State caliber loss, but a bad loss in week one to an inferior opponent. And then in week two, you've got the game in hand here at home and you think, all right, I'm going to win this football game. And then you don't. That's a bad feeling. That's a bad feeling to walk out of the stadium. Now, if Texas Tech was down 31 to three and lost the game, you know, 30, 34-31. Then you're like, oh, wow, what a fight we had. We really gave our best. We fixed it in the second half. Not the way this went. There was a late fall apart. A late fall apart. And the offense, I don't know. I don't know what to do with the quarterback. And I think Joey McGuire doesn't either. <laughs> like Tyler Shuck was supposed to be, to me, he's a, an all-Big 12 dark horse. And, and every three passes, he is. You know, He shows you a flash of that. But the rest of, you know, the, rest of the time, you're like, oh, no. Ugh. Anybody else want to throw football? Texas Tech, you were a loser this week. You had it in hand. You had it in hand, and then you gave it away. My final loser this week is Houston. You're not just a loser. You're the biggest loser. Texas Tech and Baylor both lost the top 15 teams. They had leads late. They were competitive games. And I, I, I get that your game against Rice. <clears throat> Rice was competitive. You lost to Rice. Double overtime, he came back down 28 nothing. But it's the fact you let Rice get up on you 28 nothing. 401 yards from JT Daniels. Three touchdowns and a pick. You let JT Daniels do whatever he wanted. Now, the rush defense was fine, but it, it didn't matter because it was JT Daniels that was all over the place. Donovan Smith, 24 for 42. Another guy you thought, 18 incompletions, Donovan Smith. 18 incompletions. Loved 183 rushing yards. I watched this game very closely, too, because I had so much... I had 
if Houston wins this game, I made I would made two hundred and fifty dollars on FanDuel. Now Donovan Smith can run the damn ball too. That's that's one thing that I like about him. Reminds me of that Tyler Shuck in the way that's like, all right, you know, or Baron Morton even uh, at, at, that you you all right, the ball's in his hand. Quinn Ewers showed a little bit of that against Alabama. He can do a lot. He can do a lot on the ground, but it was right, and he lost. The defense was pitiful early on, and in overtime it fell apart. It's like, all right, the defense was really bad to start. You cleaned it up. And then boop, 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 the, the closer we get the crunch time, the closer we get to need more defense, the best of our defense. It's terrible. JT Daniels, 28-year-old, can rent a car off his parents' insurance, ripped apart the Houston defense. A Houston team that just beat a UTSA team that is so much better than Rice. It's and I, you know, I I still love you. You know, you're one of us now. That was embarrassing for the conference. That was embarrassing for the conference. Big 12 teams don't lose to Rice. Can't do that. Can't do that. And if that means that Dana Holgerson is on is on the hot seat now, if that means that you know not enough has changed from last season to this season, there, there needs to be that conversation, let's open it up. Let's open it up. You're a Power 5 team now. The coaching pool gets much larger as a Power 5 team. He's on the hot seat. Dana Holgerson is on the hot seat. Fans are upset. The team seems upset. You just got you got kicked out of you against Rice. Rice is not a good football team. I, I have no solace and no grace for you here, Houston. We can't have that. What we can't have, though, is you please come back tomorrow. Or this week. Maybe another emergency podcast. Just so many storylines. The Art Bryles thing was nuts. This has been and it always will be. Thanks for making it your first lesson every single day, too, guys. Come back on Friday. We did that college football kickoff live thing. I'm on that. Uh, this has been and it always will be. Thanks again for making it your first lesson every single day. Locked on. Thanks for making it your first lesson every single day. Dose Grande.